clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Welcome to Simultaneous Cutch, folks. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. Hoops edition. Today we're talking all about the first 10 weeks of NBA basketball. Los Angeles Lakers 3-10, but I still have not given up on them. Maybe not as quite as shocking as I think the same record Golden State Warriors. Listen, the Golden State Warriors have an amazing offense. Their defense sucks. It's bad. No, we can't make Steph do everything. And they finally just uh, sent James Wiseman down to the G League. I think it was today or it's going to happen tomorrow. Ah, just kidding. We're talking (laughs) NFL football, everybody. I was waiting to see how long you would go before you'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I think I could have a, I could have a, I could have a two-minute conversation, sure, but I don't sure. want people to be like, oh, I don't want to listen. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Simultaneous Catch, folks. And I just want to say, first, before we start, I want to say a big thank you to a new listener. I don't know if you know this, but there was a new first-time listener to our show last week, and they heard everything we had to say, and Jeff Saturday put it together and proved me wrong. So thank you, Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. For listening to the episode and hearing my skepticism and saying, Adam, shut the hell up. Well, <laughs> didn't listen enough, though, to be like, you know what, Josh? We will get that fourth touchdown. Oh, man. I wanted to have it for you <laughs> at that point. And then, see, the funny thing is, is that, and I said this on that trip, on that episode, that I think Jeff Saturday is a great guy and I like what he's about. I just didn't think he was going to be able to be a head coach just pulled off of the ESPN set. But... Maybe the Raiders just really suck. I don't I know. I mean, we can we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later down the road. But but regardless, uh, my favorite thing is when somebody said they listened to the show. They literally said what you said, and you're like, "That's what I said on the show." Yeah, I know. It's fine. <laughs> I did say. That. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Scott. If you're listening, um, but yes, welcome to the show, guys. As is tradition. You know what? I normally say it was a wild week in the NFL. It really was a wild week in the NFL. It was a fun week. week. Uh, Upsets galore. People not being able to tape snaps at one yard lines. Wow. Um, What are you talking about? Just people should knock down footballs instead of trying to intercept them. Making a wide receiver look like he made a better catch than he actually did. I don't know. It's all over the place. Um, So we didn't get French fortune. It's fine. Uh, Let's get into some rent ravery call. Yeah, I'm going to rant about a Chicago Bear. And I'm not You're, you're, you're going to rant about Oh, no, I'm going to rave. I'm sorry. I was going to say. I'm going to rave. And it's not Justin Vic Fields. 
It is a, a certain undrafted linebacker out of the University of Wisconsin. And that Jack is Jack Sanborn. Sanborn. Love yeah, that Yeah, this guy. So a few weeks ago, as we know, Chicago was doing all of the all of the trades, shipping most, getting a few in. But they they traded away a cornerstone, in my opinion, a cornerstone young linebacker that is, in my opinion, the best in the league in Roquan Smith. And a lot of people were probably like, well, there goes there goes the anchor. There goes a defensive captain that is just uh, always out there making plays, consistent. But uh, this young guy, I really liked him in the preseason. I can't pretend like I knew him coming out of Wisconsin. It's not like I was like, hey, watch out for this guy. But I really liked him in the preseason. Jack Sanborn was all over the field last week, 12 tackles, two sacks. And they weren't give me sacks either. They weren't like, oh, he's there at the line, and Jared Goff is kind of creeping up, so he, he just gets a sack. No, one of them was was in the red zone where Goff was rolling out, and he put on the motors to get there because Goff could have, if if Sanborn wasn't there to make a play, Goff could have gotten in for a touchdown, and he put Goff, the Jets on. Yeah. And Goff may have had a Matt Ryan-type run. <laughs> Jack Sanborn <laughs> that was impressive. There. That was impressive. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, this guy, and I was saying to you, I, I'm really happy to see that he has this kind of had this kind of production in this game. I don't think this is the absolute norm. I don't think he's a... I mean, I think he can be an 8-10 to 10 tackle kind of guy per game. I get a sack here and there. I mean, this was obviously a special game, but his second game is a start taking over Roquan Smith. I'm really, really happy to see for this guy. And yeah, I, I, for sure. I, I was saying to you that I hope that this isn't a kind of situation where they're like, oh, you're playing for us because you need to and not because we believe in you. Like, I would like to see him get the opportunity down the road to be like, yeah, you're our guy. And the weirdest thing, though, about that, to touch on that point, is I think that the middle linebacker position is the only position where I think that happens. I feel like so often you can see linebackers have a pop season where they have like 100 tackles or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like, we're going to draft a different guy. I, I look back on their uh, Preston. No, was it Preston Smith? There were, I don't know if it was Preston Smith or not, but there was a linebacker for Buffalo, Preston Brown, who two straight years. I don't think Preston Smith was ever. It was Preston girl. Brown. Two straight years, 100-plus tackles, and then we just moved on from him. So I like I feel like I've seen that happen before where I mean I feel like another example is Kaiser White with the Chargers had a great season and they're like, yeah, we'll move on from you. And now he's with Philly. Like they're, I just their linebackers a weird position where I feel like some teams think that it's easier than maybe it really is. But you're right, Jack Sanborn, it's one of those things where and in our the one dynasty league I'm in, he scored 40 points for me as an IDP. So I definitely love the kid. But I think that um, it's one of those things that you turn on the tape. It's not just, oh, uh, the running back was there and he tackled him. Like, he's flying over the field. He's, and I feel he's like, a player. I feel like there's an intangible of that that we're talking about with linebackers. Because there are times if the if a running back or a wide receiver is just five yards down the field and he's in the middle and you're there, you make that tackle. That's not always the same. But at least for this week, I really liked what I saw out of him. I liked what I saw out of him in the preseason, like I said. I just hope that he continues to capitalize and make the Chicago Bear be like, oh, yeah, we got yeah, a guy. And, you know, we, we talked about – I talked about it on the show, I think week two or three, that the Bears are in a very good spot. And we'll, I will talk about Justin Fields in a little bit because Justin Fields was also amazing again, unfortunately, in a loss. But there's a lot to like about the Chicago Bears team. They've got incredible defensive players. They're all rookies or second-year players. And they have a couple of pieces on offense. Justin Fields being the biggest one. But the biggest thing about this is they have a $100 million plus cap in the offseason and all these draft picks to just 
let's do offensive linemen. Let's get some receivers for fields. Like, this is a team that could turn around very, very quick. Absolutely. I definitely hear you on that. I'm really curious as to if we, and this isn't obviously draft season. We're not talking about this, but I'm curious as to, like, the necessity for a wide receiver right now. Yeah, I don't know about necessity because, excuse me. The I, thing that shocks me. They have Claypool and Mooney. Those are two good receivers. The thing receivers. that shocks me is, and obviously it's primarily going through Fields legs right now. And that's amazing. It's spectacular. No one's stopping it. So, and Cole Kmet. And like, listen, nobody's stopping him. And Mike McDaniel asked very nice. <laughs> <laughs> But I, more so, I, not so much Claypool because he's new. I, I'm really surprised by Mooney not even really getting targets. Yeah, I yeah, I really liked Mooney. I actually had Mooney on I think every dynasty team that I had to start the season, and I traded him at the beginning of every because like his value was high. People were like, he's going to be the number one receiver, and it's not that I didn't like him. It just I felt like the offense was going to be bad, which it was to start, and obviously it's come on recently because F- Fields has been. A monster, but yeah, you're right. I have not seen a lot from Mooney this year. They'd be like, "Oh, Darnell Mooney." So I, I do think they need to add weapons for sure. You can never have too many weapons, especially in today's NFL. But I definitely think if they attack that offensive line, some of the weapons will also just get better. Yeah, there'll be more time to develop the offensive line the right now is yeah. the priority to me. Sure, uh, but this is not about that. This no, is about of course not. Jack Sanborn. So way to be, man. Way to be crushing it. So I have a rave as well. And I said it was coming up. I'm going to rave about my guy, Matt Ryan. Okay. The bet is still alive, ladies and gentlemen. It's alive and well. Okay. Okay, Sue Jane. Oh, God. There are our, four of our 80 listeners just turned off the episode. Probably. But, probably. Um, so, yes, I want to hear what you have to say. Yes. And then I want to have a discussion about it. So, this. I will say this. It's not, a, it's not about uh, Matt Ryan's stat block, right? Because the stat block isn't, like, going to blow you away. Sure. Right? It's about Matt Ryan being a professional, being ready to go when the moment was called and showed up. And also a little bit about Matty Wheels here. Matty I just want to, I want to point out this fun. This is a really funny stat. So, uh, Matty Wheels had a 39-yard run in a very pivotal moment of the football game. It wasn't just like this random moment. It was a third and three. They were down. They needed to drive to score to, win, to go up and take the lead. Uh, 39-yard rush for a first down. Here's a list of players in the NFL who do not have currently a longer rush than Matt Ryan does this season. Get ready. Josh Allen, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Jalen Hurts, Michael Carter, Raheem Mostert, Kareem Hunt, <laughs> Danny Dimes, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, uh, Melvin Gordon, and Damian Harris. Like, 39 yards. <laughs> I, it was fun, man. It was super exciting. Um, and I know that we uh, affectionately say Matt, Matty Wheels when we know he's not a mobile quarterback, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I just— I feel like we say Matty Wheels because, like, he's not— but he kind of is. He is. He has that little bit of the Tom Brady where he's got great movement in the pocket. And then every now and then, because you're like, he he's not a threat to run. All of a sudden, there's 10 yards there and he can just go grab it. So, yeah. Like, there's a little bit of it he, there. But he's, he's not, not He's not just in fields where they're designing runs. But no, when no, he no, runs, no, no, no. he knows how to do it well. Yeah. And yes. I think it was really 
exemplified that's probably not the right word to use, sure but shown on that run because like there were a couple times that he could have dipped out sure but he knew how to and wiggle especially and on the last moment he made that little one last cut and let ashton doolin kind of take out that cornerback and he got 10 more yards and actually if he wouldn't have but he had a little bit of a daniel jones trip up there because if he wouldn't have like gotten caught by the ankle there i think he would have almost gone out of the way which would have been awesome but yeah my raving is obviously about that because it's fun and it's a fun play but all, all just about like he was benched, and a lot of teammates have came out. And again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe they didn't really think this way, but I've heard a lot of reporters say that the majority of the locker room did not like that Reich went uh, and made the change. They felt that it was not fair, and that Matt Ryan had uh, really sort of stewarded this ship and was a leader in the locker room after only being there for one off season. And they didn't feel like it was fair for him to have been benched. And uh, he showed up. He was the consummate pro when Ellinger was was the starter, and he was helping him out. And he talked about it, being upset, but like saying, you know, I'm here for the young kid. I'm going to try to do my best to make sure he's prepared. And then Jeff Saturday came in and was like, No, we're gonna, we, I want to win football games. We're going back to Matt Ryan because it makes the most sense. He's the veteran quarterback, and we're going to run the the system that we want. And again. The numbers are not insane for Matt Ryan. The numbers are insane for the run game and for third down conversions because I think in part of Matt Ryan, he made the plays that needed to be made. And I said that I believe that Ellinger could do that and add an extra element. Unfortunately, he couldn't even do what Matt Ryan did as well as Matt Ryan has done it, <laughs> let alone extra stuff on top. So I just want to rave a little bit. Half a joke, right, because of the bet and because of the run, which was super fun. But also half seriously, I think that he handled himself incredibly well, and that's not a fun position to be in. We've seen uh, we've seen veteran quarterbacks react far worse than that. Uh, and Matt Ryan uh, took it on the chin and showed up and won a game. And now, funnily enough, they're like a game and a half out of first place in the AFC South. <laughs> yeah, the South is, is a something. Both Souths. I'm really... So I I was never against the benching, really. Like, I understood it. I mean, Matt Ryan didn't play two weeks and is still near the top of every category of turnovers, which is impressive. Although now he's at the top of a list of rushing. So yes, he is. Impressive. He's very high. Impressive. So <laughs> I, I didn't mind that. Now, I, I also don't mind the turn back because we haven't seen comfortability from Ellinger to be like, oh, yeah, we can get there. And I totally understand some of the veteran players being like, oh, so, like, we're giving up on the season. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, why are we here? What are we doing? I totally understand that. The thing I don't like, and you kind of painted it in a different picture, but when Saturday first got there, he said they were sticking with Ellinger. And it wasn't until, like, Saturday and secretly into Sunday that they were like, Matt Ryan is our guy. Like, he's playing. So I just don't like, and this is something going on to speak further about like the coaching and experience and like handling yourself in front of those situations and doing it with tact and whatnot. I'm not saying that it was tacky or ungraceful how it was, but I I just didn't like that. They're like, you know what? We're going to say one thing and then we're just going to do the opposite thing. Yeah. I, I th- this is not a pro Jim Irsay podcast. If people have been listening for a while, neither of no, us. No, it is not. Neither of us are big Jim Irsay fans, so I can't say I'm surprised. Um, but I mean, it makes it makes the most sense to me because, like I said, do I, you feel like it was an Irsay decision? No, I think it was a Jeff Saturday. Yeah, decision. I feel like yeah. Irsay was like, we have to see what we have in this kid. Yes. And Saturday is like, no, like, I know. <laughs> 
we saw it. Like, I know what it is to be a 10-year vet, to be exactly. like, we're not tanking. Yes. Like, we're going to go play. And this is, like, guys, this is a team that we both picked to win the division, right? Like, this is not a bad Colts football team. Their offensive line's not as good as it has been in years past, right? Because it's been one of the best in the league for the last 5, 10 years. But... Or not five, ten years. That's too long because it also really had the Andrew Luck issues. And then, but <laughs> ironically, once Andrew Luck left, all of a sudden, uh, Luck left, the offensive line was better. But this, they've got a good running game. They've got some weapons, right? All of a sudden, Paris, yeah, Zach Ca- Moss. Paris Campbell decided to be a good receiver out of nowhere. And Zach Moss. And yeah, Zach Moss. Uh, but again, this is not a bad team, and I, and I know that like everybody's going to be like, oh, it was one game, it's the interim boost, and there is, there is the interim bump. Steve Wilkes won a game, his first game when he came back, uh, or came out as the interim coach for the Panthers this year. That is part of this equation, for sure. But I can understand Jeff Saturday showing up and being like, I have guys on this roster, right? Like, we can do something. This isn't the Houston Texans roster. Um, and and wow. looking at the state of the, <laughs> they're half a game out of a playoff spot right now. Throwing some shade. The they're, they're 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 a game and a half, two games out of the division lead, and they're only like half. A, they're only half a game out of the seven seed, which right now is the New England Patriots at five and four. And this maybe this is crazy for me to say. I think the Colts are a better team than the New England Patriots. Um. Yeah, probably on paper. Probably. I mean, that's not that we don't have to have the discussion right now, but I'm just saying that, like, it's not surprising to me that a head coach would look at that situation and be like, I'm not playing this kid who's clearly not ready to play right now. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I understand. I just didn't. I wish, I wish if Saturday would have come out and been like, we're going to go back to Matt Ryan. Like, this is what we're going to do. Sure, I can understand the transparency argument. You prefer people to be open. And I don't even think it was a transparency. I don't think he was like, oh, like, we're going to unveil this secret weapon. We have Matt Ryan. Like, we're take it by storm i just think it was he was told to say one thing and he's like yeah like i'm the new guy i don't know what i'm doing i'm gonna say this and then like i'm like oh maybe like i don't want to do that so i just feel like it kind of continues to show and i feel like people were too hard on this situation personally about the the hiring of the guy with the no experience and i i still stand by what i say like i i don't i I'm not surprised that they won this game, but I don't think it's going to be this magical turnaround thing. Like, I think they're still going to be outcoached at times and lose games that they probably should win and be in those circumstances. And I feel like what I said on the last week, if you don't know what I said on last week, go check it out. You can do it on demand and fast forward to the 32-minute mark in six seconds. That's when I said it. I don't know if that's true. So be pretty impressive if it was. I mean, I I will, and I, I, I want to point it out. It probably wasn't that late because I feel I, like yeah. we talked about that pretty early. You're, you're right. I mean, you're right about everything you said. Like, this is a great win. Next week they play Philly, right? Uh, and then they have Dallas, and then they have their bye week, and then they have Minnesota, the Chargers, and the Giants, right? So, again, this could come crashing down so fast for the Colts. But it's a fun story. Might have got a semblance of how to beat those next two teams with the with the run game. That's there. very very know. true. Anyway, that was Rant Rave Recall, sponsored by Jeff Saturday. Thanks for listening, man. Appreciate it. Let's get to the news and notes, injury updates. Biggest one got to be Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's on IR now, so I think it's at least four weeks. Yes, I think it might be longer than four weeks because are... he had surgery. Correct. Yes, there so, are the the injury the surgery that corrects that injury is typically a five to six week injury recovery time. Good news for Josh Lapping in our NFC versus AFC Dynasty League. Ben Skoranek what, what? shooting up the ladder board. More pick, so, I got Van Jefferson. Pick up, oh, yeah. I got no. all. I got all the guys. Yeah, pick up Ben Skoranek. Van Jefferson's not doing anything. Okay. <laughs> 
Van I, Jefferson's the one who scored their only touchdown. I like Van Jefferson, but I don't know. It's regardless. Uh, the Rams season over? Is it, is it over? Uh, Probably. I mean, I, I obviously I picked them in Pal's picks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley proved me wrong. If I would have known Trace McSorley was going to get in this game, guys, PSU, I would have picked the Cardinals. I'm just saying. Um, irregardless, yeah, I feel like the Rams season's got to be done, right? I mean, there's just too it, much. It's been shocking. I asked you over the weekend in terms of surprises and whatnot if the Rams was one of the bigger ones I think it has to be, right? I mean, this is a team that hosted the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and I went on last year, and I think you were kind of in agreement as well. Like, they they had some luck encounters to get there and whatnot, and they did lose Von Miller. But other than that, I mean, this is a team that added pieces. They added Allen Robinson, and they added Bobby Wagner. So you were thinking, like, oh, yeah, like, here we go again. Like, the Rams are doing the Rams thing. But to be sitting here at 3-6... At and six, is, is pretty surprising. And then to lose, in my opinion, the only bright spot of the Rams thus far this year in Cooper Cup, uh, I, I can't see it getting better. And this is another team that is schedules rough to come out here because they play uh, – so they have at New Orleans next week, which is an interesting game and I in Palace Picks because I didn't want to pick it. Um, but then we've got – then they have to go to Kansas City. Then they're home for Seattle, who's the division leader right now. Um, and then they have Vegas, but then they have Green Bay in Green Bay. Then they have De- uh, then they have Denver. Denver's defense is really tough. Um, and then they have the Chargers, and then at Seattle at the end of the season. So they have to play Seattle twice, Kansas City, Green Bay on the road, Chargers on the road. I mean, that that's not an easy schedule, and I just I, – I don't know where this team goes, especially – like, it, it's one thing to lose Cooper Cup, but – how long is Matt Stafford going to be sidelined with John Wolford so, out yeah, there? He did, is not, Stafford I mean, was not practicing today. He's still in yeah, the protocol. So we'll see what happens. But I just – I feel like there's – like that was a uh, uh, one of the, my podcasts I listened to, Bill Simmons' podcast. They call it a loser leaves town match. I feel like that's what the matchup was last week for the Cardinals and the Rams. Loser leaves town. And I would not put money on the Rams right now for anything. So, I mean, I think they're done, but I feel bad. But I the, I think the thing that is just surprising, doesn't totally make sense to me, whatever you want to call it, is there's a couple things. The I'll just call it true regression in Matt Stafford this year. He's not comfortable throwing to anyone besides Cooper Cup. So maybe this will be a, a saving grace in that way where he doesn't have the security blanket. So he has to be like, oh, like I'm going to go to a different guy that's open and like let them make plays. That's an interesting point. I actually – I haven't thought about that. That That is interesting to think about. I don't know if that's really how it will go down, but you're I right. I also don't know. It does feel like he just forces it to Cup every play. So, yeah, maybe that is a – a blessing in disguise to be like, oh, you know what? Allen Robinson actually is a good receiver, right? Maybe I go to him more often. And compared to last year, there there's just no and obviously last year wasn't like, oh, this is a dominant running team, but there's no commitment to the run this year. I and I don't understand why. This is a team that I don't know what's going on with Acres. I don't know if he's gonna find his way to playing again. They said that maybe he could, but this is a team that I, I mean, could... He was, he's playing. He's sure. getting a handful of carries. I don't but, know what's going on but there, no, But neither back is yeah. really doing... Neither back is being dedicated to, nor are they doing enough 
with the limited carries that they're getting. And honestly, I mean, you, this is the thing that you hated about the fact that they won last year. They've been all in for four or five years now. So maybe this is just the karmic retribution for you gave up so much to get this team together. And once a couple pieces are gone, you don't have enough of the deck stacked anymore because see, but I feel like you that, haven't got to fill out I, depth. I, I yeah. hear you 100%, but that just doesn't feel like what's happening here. Like they still have like all these guys. Well, they, their, de- their defense is still great. Their defense is still making plays. It's just their offense can't put it together. I don't know. And the, I mean, you made you made the comment that I think was mostly a joke, but you were like, Sean McVay should have just left. Like, but like that's, Sean McVay was that's offered Sean McVay's think, ticket, like offensive genius is going to get all these guys. And I do think these he things. was offered a hundred million dollars from Prime Video to be the guy instead of Herb Street. It, the, I, I'm pretty confident. I read an article that said the, <laughs> the booth was supposed to be Al Michaels and Sean McVay, which would have been very interesting. But then it was Herb Street, and I don't think Herb Street's very good. But that's a whole other can of worms. But, just, but anyway, yeah, anyway, you're right. Speaking, I think, speaking about the, you're yeah. like the defense still doing it well, is. and they are yeah, like they they're not well. getting giving up 30 point games and 40 burgers and things like that. But the offense just is not clicking, and I don't understand why. And it's it, it's been that way all year. I don't really think there's been a lot of bright spots really at all. I mean, it started week one. They only scored 10 points against Buffalo, and it's been tough ever since. So, yeah, I think the Rams season is done. Uh, we'll see what they do in the offseason. I'll be very fascinated to see the types of moves that they would make. Maybe they go out. It's a really big free agent running back class coming out. Uh, I'll be fascinated to see if they kind of hone in on that to add to the rushing attack or if they try to reload with Henderson and Akers, whatever they do. But we'll see what happens. Uh that's the major injury that I had. Or other news and notes you wanted to cover before we talk about week ten? Yeah, I think the other significant injury uh, is Dallas Goddard. He's going to be out for a handful of weeks with uh, the shoulder injury that that came on the. the much that, that was in the second half, though I believe. Right? It wasn't. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty yeah. near the end of the game, yeah. and that's the much maligned missed face max call where that was he fumbled it. That was the play he got injured on, um, but. I'm curious because they they have a couple guys that they've been throwing to Jack Storn, I believe is his name. Like he's played a couple plays, made some made some catches and whatnot. But Dallas Goddard has really pretty quietly been one of the more consistent tight ends this year. Yeah, and, and I mean we uh, Dallas Goddard's been absolutely a weapon all all season so far. I think another thing that's underrated about him is how good of a blocker he's been yeah. this year, especially when. Uh, when you're one of those zone read type of running offenses, you need a tight end that's able to make those types of blocks on the edge um, and also not make the blocks because, again, when you're running a zone read, normally you let the defensive end run free, but you still need a guy to reach block and get to that second level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's quietly been one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL this year too. He scored a touchdown on Monday Night Football, right? Uh, so you're right. I do think that is a law, a big loss I, I'm really fascinated to see this uh, Colts game with them next week because I want to see if this loss uh, is going to – how they're going to respond to sure, it, right? Sure. Um, you always want to see how people respond to adversity, losing one of your better players and getting kind of, for lack of a better way of saying it, punched in the mouth yeah. in a football game, a team that really just really phys- out physical you, excuse me, um, I want to see how you react to that. And your next contest is against a team that 
uh, Jeff Saturday as a head coach, that that's what he talked about, right? He preached being the most physical, tough team on the field every week. I'm really interested to see, can Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, can they galvanize this unit after losing on Monday night and come back strong? Or are they going to reel and lose a couple games here? I don't know. If they do, then the NFC East becomes even more interesting. <laughs> um right now so i i'm fascinated to see that but you're right i do think that is a big loss we'll have to track that i know that uh aj brown also got dinged up in this game i believe so he's I, okay I, I was gonna say i don't know what the status of him is gonna be and i think he's going to be okay so we'll have to track that but uh yeah you're right that is a that's a good one to lock into yeah i think those those three i can't think of another injury that i thought was extremely significant this weekend uh, Tremaine Edmonds did go down in the Minnesota game, and I did point out in the second half that I thought that it really had an impact. Um, we'll talk about that in a second here, actually, when we do the wrap-up. But other than that, yeah, I don't think there was a huge, huge thing. So, Okay, then. All right, let's talk about Week 10, and let's start with that Vikings and Buffalo Kyrie game. Irving. Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic, and the problem with He's that— getting all these, this trouble. I don't get it. It would be one thing if he— said something anti-Semitic and then was like, hey, you know what? I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I was wrong. But the man like doubled down on saying it. And that's what yeah, I don't get is that he doubles down on stupid comments, so, proving that he's just kind of an idiot. He thinks this is this is a part. This is an issue with I think today's cultures. There's this faux intellectualism that happens online where people will say things, but then not clarify what they mean because he's like oh i'm smarter than you when really it's just you're pretending to be intellectual when really you have no clue what you're talking about especially if you think the earth is flat don't even get me started on draymond green it's fine we're moving on uh vikings at bills i've got a lot of thoughts but i'm tossing it to my (laughs) co-host because i want to hear your thoughts first and also i need to like breathe for a second before so i don't rant too much about this game uh yeah, uh, people are calling it the game of the year. The the Vikings heading up to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. I, I think it definitely makes a case for it. I I don't even know where to start. This one this one looked like the the Bills are just doing Bills things, and then they slowed down a little bit, and and you were starting to get a little nervous. And I was like, ah, it's okay. Like they still got this defense doing great, and then. Justin Jefferson was like, shut the heck up, Josh. You know what you're talking about. I'm going to take this game over. Made probably one of the catches, definitely a catch of the year candidate, in my opinion. I, I think you can make an argument. And there, there are certainly a lot of layers to it. But I think that could go down as one of the most impactful catches. So, yes, absolutely. And Jefferson was an animal. And there were so many times where we were just looking at each other. I was like, what? What is going on? Like, um, definitely miss Tredavious White. Upset that he didn't play this game. It's an amazing catch. But you even pointed this out when it happened. He doesn't make the catch if the cornerback isn't trying to intercept it. Like, if the cornerback just hits it, the catch never happens. And so it is a great catch. But, like, it's the Buffalo defense's fault. Yeah. Like, it should have never happened. I don't know if that belittles what the catch is. And that also ends the game. On 4th and 18 in their own territory, there was like three minutes left. Yeah, probably. Like, it ends the game there, but you're right. Uh, I So, I want to ask you, um, I have a couple stats that I want to bring up, but I don't want to do, I, I want to ask your opinion first. Okay. What's the, what, what's Buffalo's issue right now? Why have they lost these last two games close? And the three games that they have lost were all three close games. 
uh, that came down to the wire at the end. What do you think is 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 our major issue right now? Uh, well, so I have something in my opinion as to what Buffalo's major issue is. I don't know if it's the reason that they lost these games. I think that's a different answer. Uh, right now, and and I get it. You were were missing pieces, and then so last two weeks ago against the Jets, you didn't have Matt Milano, and then this time you didn't. Tremaine Edmonds went out, but I I'm semi worried about the Bills' run defense right now because it's not only like oh like we're giving up yard, but giving up yards in key moments where you need to make a stop and it doesn't happen. Right, because it happened at the end of the Jets game where Michael Carter, that drive, crushed us. It happened in the Vikings game where Dalvin Cook had a huge run, yes. But in the overtime drive where the Vikings went down, I kept turning to you, but like, why can't we stop Dalvin Cook right now? It's 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards. Yeah, so that to me is the part that's alarming that I think more than anything needs to get corrected, and I think they have the talent to do so. I mean, I don't think you just forget how to, to do those things. I think... You can learn, like, it can be the opposite in a season where, like, you start being a bad run defense and then you get better at it. I usually, I think it's harder to start being really good and then regress, in my opinion. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about that, but I think it is a red flag. I think it's just really, I, I don't understand the Bills, the last three weeks, lack of efficiency in the second half. And that's what it is because in the first half they've been so good, and then the second half they've scored three, three, and six. The the first half uh, Buffalo team in the last month is the team that I believe should go and could go and win the Super Bowl this year, right? The second half is a team that is third in the AFC East right now, and you're absolutely right. I just I don't know what happens from half to half because it's not like. It doesn't. At least it doesn't feel like their opposite defense just figured out what we were doing and stopped it. There's just something weird. If there's like a disconnect, and I don't know what's so happening. So you know the Bills better than I do, even though I watch them with you. So what makes you say that you don't feel like it's that it, at halftime defenses figure out how to adjust? So I the the point I want to make about this game specifically. So one thing I thought you were going to point out turnovers. Um, that's I mean, a, of course, it's that a, hurts. It's a big but... thing that's happening online right now, and I don't wanted to point out. I wanted to pose the question to you. Actually, is that do you consider punting a turnover? No. Okay. Well, then never mind. That my stat is wrong. Then. I mean, like, I think I, punting is a I turnover. Guess technically, you didn't, you but turning the ball over, yeah, you're doing it willingly, but but I don't. I mean, I'd be like turnover on downs. Like, yeah, I don't. I'm just saying that. So the the team. That combining giveaways and punts, the team that has the least is the Philadelphia Eagles. They have three giveaways and they've punted 31 times. Okay, so a total of 34. Okay. Number two is Buffalo, who's only punted 18 times, which is by far the lowest total. But they've had 18 giveaways, right? So their total is 36. So they're still number two in the league in terms of giving the other team the football back between punts and turnovers, right? And, oh, yeah, see, like, I would always rather have 36 punts and three turnovers. Sure, I understand what, I understand that, but, all, but what I wanted to point out, and again, this is something that uh, we actually, we talked about during the game, so I don't think you're on this side, but, like, the one Allen interception on fourth and two in the end zone that was picked off is, like, that's fine because it's fourth down and you don't want to throw it out of bounds or take a sack, so just throw it and hope something good happens, right? Like, 
That's one of those the things. The first interception. The first interception, yes. And the second interception, while I think it was a miscommunication and maybe you take the check down to Singletary who had 15 yards free, other than that, that's still not one of those like Josh Allen is turning into 2018 Josh Allen again <laughs> things, right? Like those are explainable. They're explainable, but that one I think is Josh Allen being a little too I need to be the hero and end this right now. Sure, and 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 the unfortunate thing is that he's actually, like done it where it's worked, right? Um, and so he feels like he can. And the other thing I wanted to point out is that uh, a narrative that people are saying right now is that Josh Allen can't uh, win overtime games. I don't know if you saw the stat. He's 0-4 in overtime. I did not know that. Uh, so the four games are this past weekend, the divisional round game against Kansas City, the overtime game against Tampa Bay last year, and then his first playoff game, which is that wild card game against the Texans. The Texans. But something I wanted to point out. I agree. But something else I wanted to point out about this is that in all four of those games, we're all ignoring this, Josh Allen led a drive to send the game into overtime in all of those games, right? So everybody is like, he can't win overtime games. He can't play in the big moments. All four of those games, he led a drive that put them in position to win the game. So I don't think that that's an issue. Uh, that that was just an anti-Nick uh, Nick Wright uh, point that I wanted to make because that, that's what he hounded on on first things first and I just <laughs> what the reason why I wanted to pose it to you and I don't want, want to go for this too much longer is that everybody's talking about turnovers and Josh Allen and I don't think either of those are even in the top three of our biggest problems right now oh I think turnovers is a is a third so, turnovers is a problem but it's not one of those things that it's like uh, how do I how do I explain this it's not uh, um I don't know how to explain it. It's not one of those things that it's like, this is a problem that we can't solve. It's like, that. that is, to me, a, such an easy fix, right? I, some of these other issues I'm really worried about, right? Like, turnovers is like, Josh, cool the bleep off, right? Like, take the check down once in a while, okay? Like, it's fine. We have got a good team, right? I think that's easily correctable. I don't know if this run defense issue is easily correctable. I don't know if these lingering injuries for some of our biggest key defensive players is easily correctable, right? Those are things that I'm worried about. I don't know if Ken Dorsey refusing to run the football at times is correctable because (laughs) Devin Singletary was awesome to start the game this last week. And in the last couple of weeks, Devin Singletary's looked great. And he just refuses to like let him have 10 carries, right? Sure. Um, So I don't know if those three things, those are my three biggest things. I hear you. I don't know if those are easily correctable. For turnovers, I do believe it could be a conversation where, Josh, cool it a little bit, man. Like, you're trying too hard. Sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. Uh, That's good logic. I really like that. And I will say the reason that I think it is concerning is because of those reasons you said. Josh Allen turns the ball over pretty often and I mean he's near the top of the league in interceptions I think he might be number one in total turnovers I don't know if if that's true but he's up there he's definitely up there the reason it hasn't been a big deal until the last couple of weeks is because the defense has been like you know what who cares like you you got the ball we'll get it back in five plays doesn't matter they're gonna drive maybe 11 yards doesn't matter Right now, that defense isn't doing that. So, if those things that you said, and I, and that's why I said I appreciate, it and I think it's very well thought out and respect what you just said, those things are a bigger issue. But the turnovers are huge right now because of those things. 
That's a good point. Uh, I will say this before we move on because I want to move on and talk about your team. Um, I don't want people to forget that this happened last year. All yeah, of these sure. same things happened last year. We ended up being seven and six, and we still turned it around. We won five straight at the end of the season, and then we ended up in the divisional round in a game that we could have won. Right? Yeah. So I'm not. Oh, I, it's not time. To... I am concerned, but I'm not. I'm not incredibly worried yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to point that out to some people because some people are like, "What's going on?" And my sister, who I know, I know is not listening to this show. <laughs> I know you're not listening to this show, Allison. Uh, but her new boyfriend is a big Bills fan, and she was texting me for three straight weeks, like, "Adam, I'm so worried. I'm not there yet." Okay, I've seen this team be so terrible. We're not terrible. Okay. <laughs> We'll we'll figure out a lot of these things. So I'm I'm concerned because these are things that need to be fixed. Um, but there's a small part of me that's a little bit relieved that we're no longer the overwhelming favorite. Sure, because that's never a place where you just like really want to be. Because it normally doesn't happen that that team wins. Yeah, I mean that was and that going back to and I'm obviously more of the pessimist level grounded fan, but like. When the Bills were pulling off those wins last minute against the Ravens and the Chiefs, and I was like, the Bills right now have the biggest target on their back, and teams are gonna swing as hard as they can at them. And you and you hope that the target on our back resulted in these two back to back losses instead of a loss in the playoffs. Sure. So, sure. Uh, let's talk about your team upsetting the Dallas Cowboys in Green Bay. Christian Watson MVP. <laughs> let's go. Trading all your all your Ooh. fantasy assets. For I did him. trade two first round picks for Christian Watson in a, in a dynasty league uh, on Sunday after his third touchdown. <laughs> so let's go. Everybody else declined all my trades. I offered here's this. I offered Stefan Diggs for Christian Watson and two second round picks, and they immediately said no. I yeah. feel like that's pretty even. So I, I think the thing it depends on like. If their team stinks right now, they're not gonna. They're gonna like be like have to be the future guy. And I don't know. I thought this team was pretty good. Regardless, talk about your team, man. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, it was. It was a good win. It was uh, an in, obviously an important win for for the standing of the organization in the playoff run. And I'm not. I'm not ready to to crown them in any way of that sort. I'm actually a lot more uh, grounded on them than I think that you are right now. But for for that Sunday, to to get that win, that was that was a meaningful one, meaningful one for a lot of reasons. So it was really exciting. Uh, yeah, and there, I mean, again, so there's a lot that goes into this for sure. Um, but I mean, it keeps does keep their season alive right now, right? It does. Uh, they've got a very interesting matchup uh, Thursday night football with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'll be very intrigued about that one, and then they have to go at Philly and at Chicago. Those aren't easy. Then they have their bye week. But after their bye week, they do still get to play Detroit again. I know Detroit beat them. Um, but they also get to play the Rams, who are reeling. Um, and then they'll have a, another rematch with Minnesota uh, week 17. Uh, they did play them week one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, their defense had moments in this game that reminded you of why we were high on them to come into the season. And it goes to show you, all, all, like that it just took one receiver to catch the balls for Rodgers to look fine again, right? And I think that that's the most important thing. I 
I, I jokingly said to you on Sunday, I was like, I didn't recall the Packers division winner thing yet. <laughs> obviously, obviously the Vikings beating the Bills really kind of sours that. Um, but I haven't given on the Packers yet. I, and I said it, you said on your recall show, and I said, I, I, I like jokingly, um, but also kind of seriously said, like, I haven't given up on it yet because I do think there's a world in which this defense gets hot and Christian Watson starts to become a guy that Rodgers trusts, right? Um, it takes a lot of time with Rodgers, but once Rodgers has something with somebody, normally it's consistently good. Uh, Dubs is going to come back, right? He's not gone for the season, um, and you still have this two-headed monster in the backfield that's really good, right? So I'm not I'm not saying it's going to happen or they're going to get in the playoffs or they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that I haven't given up on it yet because when you can do that against the team that is one of the better one like Dallas is one of the better teams in the NFL certainly in the NFC um when you can do that against that team th- that says a lot about who you are yeah a couple things that I want to talk about and he is is a much maligned player the last handful of years uh in Aaron Rodgers but there's two things that stand out to me that I really love that I wanted to talk about for a couple of quick minutes And a a few weeks ago, it was uh, the Commanders game during that crazy trying to scramble, you know, all that junk. And after after it failed, you saw Rodgers laying down and you said, it's good to see that I was worried that Aaron Rodgers didn't care anymore. The play that absolutely put that to bed for me that I was so excited about is the Aaron Jones run and he completely lays his body out in a block. And that made me be like, yeah. this guy... He cares. He absolutely yeah. cares. And also, I will say... And you're not the only person that's been saying that. No, I know. But also, he... I mean, we joked about week one where he threw the, the block on Z. And we jokingly said he doesn't do that for anybody else, right? It's just because it's his guy. But you're right. He threw his body on the line to make the block that sprung Jones for a play. And you're absolutely right. He is... He, he definitely cares. He has this weird, like, he has a little bit of the Kyrie faux intellectualism as well. <laughs> like, sometimes he does think that he's smarter than he really is, I think. But he absolutely cares, and he wouldn't be there if he didn't. Um, so you're right. And I think that, again, all it takes is, like, this is the point of the season where they're, they're – I will say this. I guarantee you guys there is a team that's, like, four and six – uh, five and five. Like, there's a team that's right there in the middle, 500 to a little bit below, that will make the playoffs. It happens every year. Every year, there is a team right now that looks like maybe they're not as good as we thought they were, or ooh, I don't think they could do it. They they waited too long. That streaks and makes it. A team will make it, and I just feel like it's not that crazy to bet on Aaron Rodgers to be that guy. The other thing I wanted to say is for. And obviously, it's it's been a month since the Packers won, so there wasn't a lot of great audio coming out of out of Packers land. But I will say, after the game, it was so good to see because I mean, people are like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is so mean, like he's rude, he's hard on his players," and he is. Like, there's no denying it. But the way that he beams about Christian Watson when asked, he completely lights up. The biggest smile is like, "Yeah, like this guy." I mean, like is talked about as being awful, and his players hate him and stuff. But I mean, like. There is such a proud, this is weird, but a proud dad energy like that comes from him when it's, asked about it. He's he is that uh, teacher or director that you had in high school that is the just the meanest <laughs> person in the world. But then when they give you that compliment, you know you earned it. 
and it and it it just it feels different. I mean, I don't. I'm with it. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens in a couple of days here. It'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be a great game to watch. Uh, so we talked about Colts Raiders a little bit already. I don't want to hone in on that. But let's talk about this upset: the Washington Commanders upsetting the Philadelphia Eagles. You had said to our friend at work. You yeah, said, "I yesterday. feel like it's going to happen. I, I feel like it's going to happen." I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't pick the Commanders, but but Scott came and I was like, "Hey, remember two years ago? It was this team that ruined another Pennsylvania undefeated. I think it's going to happen tonight." Wasn't that a Wednesday night football game too? Yeah, with Derek it was, COVID, it, it was yeah, it was weird. a weird day. I remember watching that game. I was, it was exciting. Alex Smith played that game. That was yeah. Yeah, so there we go. As of today, November fifteenth, there is there's no undefeated team in the NFL. So and the and the Dolphins crack they, open they get that champagne. champagne. I think it's kind of lame. It's popped. <laughs> well, of course you do. I think it's endearing that all these old men are like. I, so I did for a while. I did for a while too. But then Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football went on this rant about how stupid it is, and I was like, "That's a good point. Why are they what?" <laughs> I can guarantee that if it was the Buffalo Bills, Kyle Brandt wouldn't have said that. Kyle Brandt definitely has a thing for the Buffalo Bills. And I appreciate that because I appreciate <laughs> Kyle Brandt. Yeah, so I the biggest story thing for me is the uh, uh, ball possession, right? Uh, we, Huge. We talked about uh, do they go back to Carson Wentz, who is eligible to return this week or, or not. And I made the point walking to work that I guess you can't go away from him now but then you do point out you're like Carson Wentz can hand off 52 times throw a pick and make a couple of nice throws yeah, right the, let's let's okay <laughs> so you absolutely have to tip your cap to the commanders they got the win they did it they beat the team that no one's been able to this year that's great but let's not act like the first three minutes of the game wasn't a strip sack that you're like, oh, here are the Eagles. Here are the Eagles. Go and do the Eagles yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it was somebody tweeted. I don't know if you follow the Freezing Cold Takes Twitter account. It's pretty funny. I just unfollowed. <sighs> Son of a gun. Uh, no, but they they will often tweet out pretty hysterical takes. And after that strip sack and then Philly scored, they were like, there's like seven or eight minutes left in the first quarter. Already feels like this game's over. Good game, Washington. I mean, and it wasn't. And again, there was a there was a stat in the third quarter near the end. It showed ball possession, 30 minutes for Washington and like six for Philly. It was just, they grinded it out. And Washington it ran was a masterclass. almost 30 runs, just runs, not plays, runs in just the first half alone. It was one of those. And again, obviously it wasn't this because the conditions weren't like that. And Heineke obviously still threw the ball. And Terry McCorn actually had an amazing day. It Terry felt, was the MVP of the game it, for it, my it opinion. Felt, uh, it felt eerily similar in feel to the Buffalo-New <laughs> England game last year where it was like New England just wouldn't throw the ball. Obviously not the same because I think Mac Jones threw two passes in that game, three passes. Obviously it's not the same. Yeah, Both teams scored saying. points. But it had that feel of like... You know what we're doing. You just can't stop it. And they just and again, the other thing that was crazy about this game is that Philly had three, four chances at the end of the fourth quarter. I don't know if you knew that. There were three or four times where Washington could not churn out first downs in the fourth quarter at the end of the game uh, to put it away. And so Philly had multiple drives in a row where they just could not do it. Um, and again, this was also part of Dallas Goddard being out too, A.J. Brown being banged up. So... Maybe that's part of it. Uh, but this commander's defense, we talked about it. They have pieces everywhere. Chase Young's returning next week. This is a team that, like, I don't know who's going to start a quarterback, but I don't want to play the Washington Commanders because I know they're going to be physical. They're going to punch you in the mouth, and you're going to have to respond. 
and Philly just couldn't at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean the, the large talk is around the missed penalties and opportunities and things shouldn't have been played out the way they were, but we here at this show never like to be like, it came down to that. And Yeah, and I, will, I say that's one of my favorite things about our show is that like there are too many, oh, this cost them the game takers, but it's never that, yeah. right? I would love to say that one fourth and 18 cost Buffalo the game, right? I'd like to say the fumble on the one-yard line cost us the game. And sure, if, if neither of those things happen, yeah, we win the game. But football never comes down to one game, one play. As much as that's fun to talk about it that way, sure. there's too many other plays that happen, so... Yeah, so I, I'm really just to wrap up about Philly. This is two weeks now, now because obviously they won the Texans, but Damian Pierce, fierce against them. This is two weeks. They are missing Jordan Davis, and I did not really expect that in, that injury a few weeks ago to make this this feel because they are not doing well against the runner right now. And you know, like I said, uh, we'll see what happens, but. They've got some guys coming up that are incredible runners. Jonathan Taylor is up next. Yeah. So it's not going to shock me if all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor runs for 200 yards on this defense and it's another game. Pancakes. Pancakes. Moving on. All right. That was our Week 10 Roundup, which means it's time for... Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. Here we go, everybody. Adam, you did well, man. I know I did well, but I'm still behind. And I'm still well, but I just did better. I was about to say something, and then I exhaled, and it—I don't know why—it's like I growled (laughs) into the audience. I was like, "Yeah, Adam, Adam, (laughs) you you did well. You got uh, two and one last week. Like I said, I just did a little bit better and went three and zero. Have you been nine and zero? In the last three weeks? Uh, no. You know who messed that up? The, oh, the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> uh, since, so that was week 10. Since week six, I, the only game I have gotten wrong is that Raiders game that they blew a That is week. like the craziest that I've ever heard. I legitimately, I wanted to bring up the, the pool and see if you were. I actually did really poorly as a whole. That's, see, that's, that's so funny. I mean, normally it's the other way around. You're still leading the lead, though, by one game. One game. Uh, so obviously we can look at that later. But uh, all right, yeah. I do want to say real quickly, just because it's fun that I'm doing well in Pals Picks for the first. I went back and looked at last year, and last year I won three more games than I've won this year already. So wait, last year at this point of the season, you were three games up? Yeah, there were a couple weeks that so we, we didn't do it I will last say, year. we started not that great last year. Yeah, well, we actually, looking back at this, we both were not great this year. No, oh, uh, sorry, I we, said last year. I meant this year. I meant oh, this yeah. year. I and didn't this think we started year, off that well this year. This year, we both, uh, going in, so week four, we were both five and seven. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right, well, I give the games to you first this week, sticking with my... Uh, consistent strategy of I don't want to pick these games so you pick them Uh, first and foremost we have the Jets traveling to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots that we do this one is like you said in Foxborough so I I want to talk about this for a quick second and it's just fun I'm picking the Patriots my gut says to pick the Jets do you know why I'm picking the Patriots because of Zach Wilson no it is because, and I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen the coin flip? 
I have no idea what you're talking about. So now, go Somebody, ahead. Somebody uh, in August. Oh wait, the coin flip where they've gotten it right every week. Everything for the every Jets single, schedule. Yes, and they and they have the, the Patriots. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't, I can't go against the coin flip right now. You're right because the, they tweeted that out after the Bills game because it was a surprise that they beat us, and they were like, "Can't coin mess flip, with the coin, coin flip, flip, man." Dude. Wow. So my gut says to go with the, the Jets here in this one, but coin flip says not to. I will say the both coming off a of bye week, so they both have that rest. But different team, Sam Ellinger, but the Patriots had nine sacks in that game. If they're able to put that kind of pressure on Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson will make mistakes. So Pat's defense is very good, but Mac Jones is the wrong quarterback. So. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> Bailey Zappi is... Anyway, so I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, like I said, I won't be surprised if the Jets win. This feels like a Jets win for me, but I understand logistically as to why to pick the Pats and coin flip. So I love it. Coin flip. Uh, if coin flip person wants to be on simultaneous catch, Let's you're welcome know. to. Uh, so we've got to get uh, what's his face, <laughs> uh, Monty, Monty G. G. Talk about the. Did you see somebody tweeted out the video after <laughs> oh, Monday night? That's awesome. And he's like, "Do you want to do the hat?" And he's like, "Fly goes fly, bull champ for now." Um, the but that was about the Cowboys. Really hard. So. <laughs> so endearing. Uh, let's move to two teams that I like rooting for a lot, uh, especially Justin Fields with the Bears, uh, traveling to my secondary team, the Atlanta Falcons. If anybody's listening to this and they're thinking about getting me a Bills thing for Christmas, that's fine. I love every Bills thing. If you're like, oh, I always get Bills things for Adam, maybe somebody just give me like a black Falcons hoodie because oh. that's like my second team now, right? So the should have won... On Thursday night last week, Marcus Mariota almost led an incredible comeback against the Panthers. Are hosting the Chicago Bears, who also should have won. Yeah, uh, the Bears have been in some really good games lately. I think they're going to get it done here because there have been a lot of times I've come on and talked about the Falcons' defense being like, oh, they have just enough to do it. I don't think they have enough to contain this right now. Uh Fields, uh, a Georgia kid, uh, looked up to, to Michael Vick as a, as a kid. I think he's going to go back to Vick's original team in those Falcons and be pretty Vick-esque. So I'm going to take the Bears in this one. Yeah, the one difference between Fields and Vick is that Fields is bigger than Vick. <laughs> he's yeah. a big big man. So yeah, Which It's fun. so weird when we like watch yeah. him. You're like, that's a 6'2 guy. He yeah. doesn't ever feel like that, but no. he is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, all right, let's move to the last game. I mentioned this earlier. The Saints hosting the Rams. I don't want to go anywhere near this football game, so good luck. Yeah, this, so I hear you because these are two awful teams to pick, and I understand. So I'm going to go with no cup means no win. Might not even have Matt Stafford. Being in the Superdome, obviously this team has not won a lot, but they are better at home than they are on the road. I think that crowd will be fierce, and I, I'm – I just feel like I just don't understand the quarterback situation. We we talked about it briefly on Sunday. I don't either. I don't understand it. Like I, I don't still think, don't. I don't feel like Jameis was that bad when Jameis was playing, right? So I don't understand. He had like a game and a half to prove it. And yeah, he had the epic comeback week one. Yeah, I don't understand it. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if Dalton starts and finishes this game. Won't be surprised if he doesn't. Uh, so Say you Alan did saying you did go two home teams: the Pats over the Jets, the Saints over the Rams, and then one on the road: the Bears over the Falcons. 
All right, tossing it to you. First game I'm giving you is, uh, I feel like I know what you're going to say based on the conversation we had, but I can see some stuff happening in this game. Commanders taking on the Houston Texans. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Commanders. I feel pretty confident about this. I don't care who starts at quarterback. I just, I love, listen, I love Damian Pierce. People, if you listen to the show, you know I love Damian Pierce. Um, and I, we, we both want Davis Mills to keep getting a chance because I like I like him I think he has something um but it's more and more likely that he won't be the quarterback next year probably be a rookie um I just don't think the Texans have enough um I think that the commander's defense is going to be able to stop uh the Texans offense not like completely but I just don't think that the uh I don't know that the Texas defense is going to be able to stop the run game of the commanders. And I don't think that they have anybody to cover Terry McLaurin. And if they do, they still have Dotson and Samuel. I just think there's too much there. That's sure, it. sure, sure. Dotson, after that first catch, like the first drive didn't do anything. I was sad. I wonder if that's just by virtue of he hasn't practiced a lot recently. And he obviously, he actually didn't have a lot with Heineke really because it was Wentz that he had practice time with before he went out. I'm actually surprised that you didn't give me this game because this is the number one game that I don't want anything near this week, and that is the emotional Derek Carr and the Raiders taking on unlimited. So Russell you Wilson you said the one thing that worries me about this game because I'm an emotional feller, and when I see a guy be that emotional, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to pick against that guy. But the Raiders suck, and I hate them, okay? They broke my heart, and I'm hurt. So I'll pick up the Falcons. What? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I was gonna. I legitimately like. I, I was gonna say I'm sorry. I think I had a stroke there, but I didn't want to say that either because I feel like it was so mean. I have no idea what just happened in my brain there. So you're taking the Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Guys, simultaneous catch. We're falling apart. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm picking the Broncos. I sent you this stat, and it's the most disgusting thing in the world. If the Broncos had scored 18 points in every game this season, they'd be 8-1. Although, be... isn't that not true? I, I think they'd lose two games. But it's still. still regardless, it just they'd be a, one of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah, that's nice. They'd certainly be tied for the division lead right now. Um, I just don't understand it. I don't know why Russ all of a sudden seemingly forgot how to read coverage. It doesn't make sense to me. It's confusing. But I, I think that this defense, uh, I know that the Raiders have weapons, but they're without Waller, they're without Renfro, even though maybe Renfro's not really that much of a loss considering how he's played this year. Uh, really, They have Adams and Jacobs. I think those guys can still have good games, which they both did against the Colts, and they still lost the game, right? Um, I think this game's going to be like 19-17, to 17 and the Broncos eke it out. Oh, man. Fun game there in Denver. Last but not least, the Cowboys taking on the Vikings. So the Vikings are riding high off of an incredible, improbable victory over Buffalo, and the Cowboys are licking their wounds after not being able to deliver uh, Mike McCarthy, his revenge game in Lambeau. Um, although that's probably his fault for dressing up like Lombardi walking in there. but So I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. Okay. Uh, I, I think that I was going to... If, if the Packers hadn't beat the Dallas last week, I would have picked the Vikings here because uh, I like the matchup uh, having Dalvin Cook and Jefferson and Thielen and now Hawkinson. Uh, I, the Dallas defense is great. I just don't know if they can cover all those guys. Um, and... Uh, 
yeah, I I think I would have picked it the other way, but I just I think I'm gonna go with the like we talk about emotional aspect of this. I think Dallas is like, no, we're not. That's not who we are. We're gonna come back, and the Vikings are probably like, look at us, we're eight one. Let's go. We just beat Buffalo. You guys believe that we're real now? And then they're gonna <laughs> lose this game, and everybody's gonna be like, see, we told you. All right, so you did the flip-flop of me. You took two road teams, the Commanders over the Texans and the Cowboys over the Vikings, and you took the Denver Broncos over the Raiders at home. I took the Falcons over the Sorry, the Falcons. <laughs> I have no idea what happened there, dude. Sorry. Uh, let's move to some cold reads. You got some cold reads, man? I, I do have one Okay, for I have you. one, this too. This so. um, not really a question. No one's going to complain about this because it's a good situation to be. But do you feel like San Francisco right now has too many mouths to feed? And I'll say this what? because they – so they had Elijah Mitchell come back and gave him a ton of carries, and I was actually really surprised by that. But more so than that, it seems like – would you say that Christian McCaffrey is their best weapon right now? Um, I would. Okay. Yes. So – if you put him at number one, you still have excellent pieces in Debo Samuel. He had six touches. George Kittle, one. Like there, and like I said, you're never going to complain about this, right? To have all these guys, to have all these opportunities. But do you feel like they're not being utilized? Some of their bit, some of their best weapons, I, I, because I do, they have so much. I do think there's an aspect of. I think that sometimes you do have to just feed your best guy, right? I do think that there is a, a, a layer to that. Um, this gives me a chance to point out my favorite Jimmy Garoppolo stat. I don't know if you saw this. Um, the they're not going to win the Super Bowl because Jimmy Garoppolo. I said that. I still believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is now ten and two in games in which he did not throw a touchdown pass. So Jimmy G is no just fault there. What the, the, ten, 10 wins? Could that not prove more that it's just when Jimmy G gets out of the way of the game they win games? That's what that stat is saying. It's that when Jimmy G's not actually part of the reason that they won, they win more often. Regardless, now I don't, I don't think it is an issue. I no, do, that's a, not entirely true. I think, oh yeah, I'm definitely using the stat the way I want to use the stat. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I, I think that I think it's yes and no, leaning more towards no. Right? You, I mean, obviously they're winning games. And that's they're winning games, and they have a lot of weapons, and they're going to continue to get better at using them. Um, but I do absolutely believe that there is an, a small aspect of sometimes you just need to go to your guy. Um, I You see this in a lot of the great teams, right? Like the Green Bay the last couple of years, sometimes, and we talked about it maybe being better that uh, Devontae left so that Rodgers doesn't have to force it. But sometimes you're just like, I'm going to Devontae five times in a row because you're not going to stop it. We saw it in the Minnesota game. We're going to go to Justin Jefferson. You're not going to stop him, right? Yeah. We're going to go to Dalvin Cook. You're not going to stop him, right? I do think that there's a level of like sometimes we just need to say we're giving it to McCaffrey. I don't care what's happening. Figure out a way to do it. We're giving it to him. We're giving the ball to Demo Samuel. I don't care how you do it. We're giving it to him, right? So I do think that there needs to be possibly a little bit more of that. But no, I don't think it'll ever be considered a, oh, this is bad. Elijah Mitchell looks pretty good. He did very, very well. I just, I mean, Debo Samuel, I think, is one of the most special, unique players in the NFL. And be like, you got sick touches. Like, that's not enough. Yeah, I would much rather, and I'll say this, Mitchell looked good, and I like Mitchell as a player. I would much rather the backfield, when there's two backs in there, be Debo and McCaffrey than uh, McCaffrey and uh, Mitchell. And there what was a some... selfish thing for us to say. Yeah, I don't know, but sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, like, it really is like, oh, this is like the better player is more exciting. Let's do this. I was like, hmm, I guess they can do what's working. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Whatever. What do we know? We're just podcasters. Uh, my cold read is you've called your shot on head coaching firing so far. So far, so I want you to call your shot again. Who's the next coach that gets iced? Oh my gosh! Well, I absolutely believe it needs to be Josh McDaniels, but Mark Davis came out and again doubled down and said like he's here, he's doing a great job, but like no, he's not. So I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Uh, so I, I can't believe it's going to be him, even though every week there's something that happens like he's just got to go, and it's not happening. So unfortunately, I had to take him out of there. I think. I think the win against the Rams probably saved Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, yeah, I think so too because I was going to say Kingsbury for this, but that win, there's a couple more things on their schedule I do think will be wins for them. So so, so here's the thing. Calling my shot, I don't think another coach is going to be fired before the end of the year, uh, but I do feel pretty confident that Kingsbury will be not the coach next year. Okay, I feel that. I, I, think, I, would, I, think, I think I would agree Kingsbury with that. I think Kingsbury is going to yeah. be a Black Monday fire. I think I would agree with that too. Um, I'm trying to. I was trying to look at the landscape too and wondering because uh, it's not going to be. So right now we have the Panthers job that'll be open, and we have the Colts job. Maybe uh, we'll see what happens. They'll certainly interview people, right? Um, I don't think they'll just be like, "He's our guy," right? Um, so that's two jobs. If uh, Arizona fires Kingsbury, that's three. That would be the lowest number in like 10 years. So I'm trying to look at other teams that might fire their coach. And I'm coming up a little bit short. I actually don't know if there are a lot of other teams that I'm like, that coach is going to be fired. There's always surprises, but I'm coming up a little bit short on coaches that will be fired. So when thinking, because there always is the, the Brian Flores where you're like, whoa, didn't see that one coming at all. And an owner just feels like... It, because I think Miami's a great example where they had the winning record. They were just missed the playoffs. Like, you didn't expect that to happen. There will be somebody to be in those shoes. So if you were to think about that, I think the answer is Ron Rivera. That's hard. That, that'd be really hard. Uh, a team that's made the playoffs, a uh, team that's won the division in recent memory, although, again, they were a bad record, and a team that might be in position to go. So as you're saying, are you, is that because you think they're going to struggle, continue to, or it's just they're going to just not so be enough? I think, I think they're such a talented team that they're going to be in a lot of games to be right there. The thing that I haven't liked about the Commanders this year more than anything, and it hasn't been like the quarterback, it hasn't been the – it's been – it feels like there's no adjustments ever being made. And they have old school coaches right now. They have Ron Rivera. They have Jack Del Rio. And so I could see Washington, especially if this sale happens and there's a new guy, they're like, we want fresh blood. We want like the new creative guy. That's such a wave, especially what we've seen with new coaches, Brian Dayball, Kevin O'Connell, Mike McDaniel. They've all come in. They've all re-energized and completely refreshed teams. And so I could see them being like, you know what? We need like fresh blood. We didn't like some of the directions that were made this year. So I could see that being a, a dark horse fire. You know, we'll look at it because right now my top three candidates, my top two candidates are would be one and done coaches. And I don't think that they're going to be fired. Sure. Like I, I think that um, Den- I don't think Dennis Allen should be the head coach right now. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I, yeah, I, I don't that, think, that's you know fair. what I mean? I don't, I don't think he should be. Uh, I feel like that very well could be a Black Monday. Here's another one that's not going to happen, but now, especially with how much they've fallen apart after we lauded praise on them after four weeks, uh, I don't know the Doug Peterson situation. 
uh, they have really kind of fallen apart a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't. He's not going to be fired, right? They're going to. I don't think he's so. going to have another year. Uh, but that's one to, to monitor. I don't. I don't think that Houston could possibly fire Lovey Smith after their recent history with one and done and everything. I they, can't see them doing that. They I gave don't him like a five-year contract. It. I feel like it would just be. They would be the laughing stock of the NFL if they're like, "Oh, let's do one and done again." Yeah, they kind of already are, but <laughs> regardless. But that's why that's my cool. Yeah, movie. that's a good one. Yeah, Black Monday is one of my favorite days. I know, and it's weird. Regardless, let's do Fantasy Corner. Oh man, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, but it's also like we're still not out of it. <laughs> we're not out of it. So last week we came on and applauded ourselves for getting back into that sixth seed. We've officially dropped lower than we have ever been. Uh, we are in the eighth seed now, so we're not even one out. We're two out. Now, with that being said, the the guys ahead of us all the way up to five are one one. It's game. just Herbert had a bad game, and we like we need that Herbert Williams combo. That Herbert Williams combo has won us far more games this year than any of our other players have. Yeah, yeah. So right now, um, we're we are sitting at nine and eleven. Uh, like I said, the eighth seed, the five and six seed though are like I said only one, technically two, but it's really only one game ahead of us with the league median and stuff. The the more I'm getting into fantasy, and I've been into fantasy for quite some time, but I really don't really like the league median thing. So I so I really loved it the first time I played with it. I was like, oh, this is fun. I hate it now too. <laughs> <laughs> because I because I have won matchups this year in leagues with the medium where I was like, yeah, I won. And I didn't just miss the medium by like two points. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> I hate this. Like I, my one dynasty team was seven and 11 heading into the, or uh, seven and 10 or something, something like that. And I, and I won my matchup, but didn't get the median. And I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm trying to make a comeback here. <laughs> so what we need right now is Probably a defense. I think we're going to roll out Atlanta again. And then we have a flex player because DK Metcalf is going to be on bye. So I um, don't know if we love somebody on in our bench to be that player, if we're going to pick somebody up. Like I said, a player that's skyrocketing right now is Van Jefferson. We did snag him a, a few weeks ago with, with that cup injury. Uh, Paris Campbell, I don't know. Do we want to get that guy again after our week? Was it you two that you we can't had him? you can't possibly <laughs> want to put me through Paris Campbell right now. I thought you were my friend. So uh, those those are going to be decisions that we have to to think about. There. Well, here's a guy. Oh, well, we already have Van Jefferson. Here's so, a guy. Yeah, uh, here's strong. a guy. Um, we have Van Jefferson, so we're not going to do this. But it, uh, last week I said Kadarius Tony was a guy that you should have added stash, and he, obviously he had a very good game last week. I I'm not going to be shocked if Ben Skoranek becomes one of the top targets. Like I think that it this is going to be stupid, but I don't think it's that far fetched to be like, oh, the white guy in the slots wide open is that Cooper Cup? Oh, it's Skoranek. Oh, he already caught it, so it's fine. I'm going to keep doing that. I was going to make the white guy joke, but I'm glad that you fell on that sword. That's- I just I, it's it's stupid, <laughs> but also like I don't know. Ben Skoranek's got similar skill set. He's a good route runner. He runs out of the slot. He could end up being a guy that catches five balls a game and then all of a sudden it's a PPR monster. So I don't know. But yeah, I'm a little upset that we don't have that Herbert Williams combo. I don't know how much longer Williams is out. He is supposed to practice this week. I think he'll probably miss the Chiefs game, but I think he's getting ready for a return. 
Well, that'll be welcomed. We certainly need to pull pull that out. Najee Harris had a pretty decent game. And now he's hurt. And now he's hurt. So that's fantasy corner. I don't corner. think it's a super significant. That's fantasy corner spot sponsored by uh vodka because we're sad. Oh. Cool. Yeah. All right. French fortune? You go first. All right. My friend's fortune is um so this is gonna be counterintuitive to my pal's picks. Okay. Uh... I'm going to say that Denver versus Vegas will be one of the three highest scoring games this week. Oh, I'm gonna that go, would be fun. I'm going to go against it. I know I said this feels like a 19-17 game, but, <laughs> but like with Denver's defense and the Denver offense, we just talked about all they had to do was score 18 points. I feel like this could turn out to be like one of those, both these teams are desperate. Both these teams are like, we're at the end of our ropes here. Let's just fling it. Obviously, Denver's uh, missing weapons. Uh, so is Vegas. But I feel like this could be one of those things where both got, like McDaniels and Hackett are both like, I'm calling all my shots here. We're doing flea flickers. We're doing end arounds. We're doing halfback passes. We're going nuts, and we're going to score points in this game. So, I like it. That'd be, that would be fun because... They are two fun teams. That and they I have people that we like, right? I just don't get it. It just doesn't make sense to me. So, I don't know. My friend's fortune is not the, the boldest I've ever had. But I'm going to say last week in the cook-off, Dalvin Cook ran for 119 yards. I think this week I against the, the team you picked, the Dallas Cowboys, they just got exposed a little bit in the run game, sort of. They did a good job containing for the most part. I think Dalvin Cook's going to run for 175 yards. Whoa. All right. I like that. That's Cook fun. off. Part two. I don't even, I couldn't say like, come back to grill or <laughs> left my soda. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, Cook off Cook off. I left Cook my off soda. Was, Cook, I like Cook-off was not what I wanted it to be because we didn't give Cook uh, enough carries. He ran, uh, he ran like for like five yards <laughs> It could be a crazy run game in Buffalo this weekend because there's supposed to be like 19 inches of snow happening oh, over the damn. weekend. Yeah, it could be one of those. Like, It's so funny if it turns out to be that because the last time that happened in Buffalo was when we played the Colts and Jacoby Brissett started that game for the Colts. So it'd be crazy if he comes back to Buffalo again and it's snow again. He's like, guys, what are we <laughs> doing, man? Um, well... That was Simultaneous Catch, folks. There we have it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, listening to the Hoops Talk. Right? Hoops. Hoops Talk. My team's doing great. Yeah, Luka Doncic. Crutching it. First of all, I'm not a Mavericks fan. I'm a Memphis Grizzlies yeah, okay. fan. Sorry that not everything's about you, Adam. There's a really funny uh, tweet that came out where it was like, because Jalen Brunson was signed by the Knicks in the offseason. And it was like, I love that... Um, all the Dallas doubters were like, with Jalen Brunson out, uh, who's going to be Luka's number two option? And Luka was like, okay, I'll do it. Because <laughs> like, he scored like 30-plus points in every game this year. He's it's a pretty, heck of a player. It's pretty awesome. All um, that I know is that your Grizzlies doing well lost to my also doing well Celtics. That's true. Uh, I really like Vaughn, their new head coach, after the <laughs> email don't uh, just debacle. Um, yes, yeah, so thanks for listening to Simultaneous Catch Hoops. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Simultcatch, at Simultaneous Catch on Instagram. Uh, run your pool. It's pretty fun. Josh is in the league by one game over our Dallas correspondent, Mike. Uh, I had a pretty good week. I had the best week, actually, because I called my shot at a couple upsets. Uh, including. Do you uh, want to say though, like what your really good week is? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's eight and six. Uh, um, 
But I did call my shot on the Green Bay upset, and I did also pick the Colts. And there's Juice Box not picking the Thursday night game. Yeah, what are you I doing, man? Yeah, I was gonna say I thought we were gonna pick the Falcons anyway, but look at Big Tony Big picking Tony. picking that upset. This is a, it was really kind of a bad week for all of us. Let's be real. Uh, irregardless, I also want to throw some shade at you while we have a minute. Like you went like on this tirade about how it was an awful hire, and then you picked the Colts. I did pick the Colts. You're weird. Yeah, I'm a weird guy. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. <laughs> God bless. <laughs>